welcome to Day is Hump Day, Wednesday, September 14, 2022. I am Sally Blue Sister, and this is My Turn to Talk. Welcome, Minnesota. Welcome, welcome. And if anyone in the family is also listening, welcome to the entire family. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Everyone else will, will drift in as they usually do. But today, I want to talk about squatters, how to fix the problem. And squatters um, are basically people who um, move into a house, apartment, um, building, I mean, basically anywhere, somewhere there, that's not theirs. Um, and they move in and they just start start living there. And it seems like the problem is getting worse. Um, you know, you have, uh, of course, of course, always, always, Dee. Um, you know, um, with everything that's that, that's going on, and with inflation, with rents just just ridiculously high. I mean, just ridiculously high. And I personally think that landlords are taking advantage of the fact that um, a lot of them were not getting paid uh, during 2020, going to 20, 2021, and they're trying to make up for what they lost. Um, but we'll. I'm, I'm going to go go there too uh, t- today. But um, what do you what do you do? How do you fix the problem of a squatter? Welcome, lover boy. Um, what do you do? Um, do they have the legal right to move into your home just because it's empty? And we've heard the stories where people go on vacation, they come back, somebody's in in their house, especially if it's an extended vacation. Um, there was a story where a woman was gone for a year. She was visiting her, her daughter, you know, um, a family moved in, you know, and she had to go to court to get him out. And, you know, why is it at that point? Because if you're still paying your mortgage, you're still having, you know, your lawn cut. You know, you're you're you know you're still doing whatever you are supposed to do, even if it's even if it's a a business. You know, and it may be for rent or for lease, but someone just moves moves in, but you're the owner, you're the landlord. Um, <laughs> Lord boy says I need to figure out a way to get away with this. You know, but people literally. Um, you know, and 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 some people, not 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 all, but I do believe that some squatters think that they just have this right, and others are like, 
when the person comes back or whatever, it's like, you know, uh oh, I got caught and they leave. But the ones that don't, the ones that, um, you know, you hear about the Airbnbs that, you know, they rent for 30 days, but on that 31st day, they're not leaving. They're not paying any more rent or, or, um, however you want to call it, fees or whatever you call it for Air, Airbnbs. Um, but they don't leave. And then you have the people who own the place. They can't rent it out to anybody else because someone's there. So what do you do? What do you do when it's this type of, of, of situation? I mean, should it be that you call the, 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 the police and they're automatically gone. I mean, to me, that's what should happen, you know, but then you have these, uh, these, these scandalous people who, um, know that a place is empty and it's been empty for an extended period of time. And however they're able to do it, you know, they get a key and they advertise this place is for rent and someone comes and they pay their first last, you know, security, whatever it is. Uh, to move in and they're either in the middle of moving in or they moved in and they've been there for, you know, for a minute. And um, all of a sudden the owner's like, the real owner comes and says, well, what the hell are you doing in my house? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm running it. You know, I have this, this lease. Welcome the only crazy lady. You know, they say, you know, I, I have this, this, this lease, but they really don't. I mean, they, I mean, they have a lease, but it's fake because the person who rented it to them was not the, the owner. So what do you do, do then? Should the real owner feel sorry for them and allow them to stay? Welcome, Vinny. Um, should the real owner um, feel sorry for them and allow them to stay as long as they pay him rent? But what if that landlord or the owner has someone else lined up for that place that they rented the place to? Or what if they just, you know, just give me my house? You know, so what do you do? How do you fix the problem of squatters? How do you, um, I mean, are they people that you should feel sorry for? Um, are they people who should go to jail? Or should it just be, I'm the owner, you're in my place, leave. But then if the place is not in good shape because the squatters have messed it up, what do you do? I mean, if they can't afford to go get a place on their own, are they going to be able to afford to, to pay you to repair any, any damage? Probably not. And, and squatters is, you know, squatters are not just in one particular part of the country. It's something that is a problem everywhere. Okay. D says, do you, okay. Okay. Do you have any other, other option than to go to the legal system, lawyers and, and sheriff? I mean, well, I mean, th this, this is what I'm saying, D, that if you um, come into someone's home and they come and, and you're in someone's home and if, if you, if you go home because you've been on vacation or whatever, my first thing would be to go to law and enforcement or the sheriff, if, if that's what, what you have. Um, that would be my, my first thing, you know, I'm calling law enforcement because you broke in, you broke in to my home. But why do, um, but why do, but why do some people have such a hard time getting squatters out? Why do some people do have to go to court to get these people out? I mean, you, you hear some, some stories where the person won't leave and you move in and you're living in this house, you know, cause they just won't leave. And you're living in this house with this person that you don't know. What do you do? You know, so um, I I heard of of, of one story. Um, you know, it it was funny. I, I read about it about three years ago, 
and actually this was before COVID. And um, uh, this family had um, uh, gone overseas and they were, you know, on one of those trips where, you know, you're going everywhere and they were gone basically the, the entire summer. They come back and this family has moved into their house. Now we have they moved into their house. They pretty much kind of tore it up. Uh, there were some things that, that were missing, whatever. And um, they called the police and the police were like, well, you know, we can do a report, whatever. Uh, but they could not get them out at that particular time. I can't remember the reason why, but the people were there. So the family, they moved in uh, or they moved back in. They, they went home. Um, they pretty much kicked the people out of their out, out of their bedrooms, what have you. But the people wouldn't leave. They still did not leave. They set up, you know, camp, you know, in, in, you know, in the living room, you know, wherever they were there and they were not leaving. And I guess their whole strategy was, well, if we keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this, then the family will eventually leave. Well, no, I'm sorry. If this is my house and I'm paying mortgage or even if I'm not paying mortgage, even if my house is paid off or somebody gave it to me free, it's, it's my house. No, I'm not the one leaving. So what they did was they ended up going to, um, I don't want to call them necessarily a biker gang or whatever, but they went and they pretty much hired some people who resemble, I mean, I guess it was a biker game or some, something and said that they were moving in and you had like, you know, seven guys move into this house with the family and with these squatters. Um, and they said, you know, they were supposed to, uh, uh, rent but now they, they can't because these people are here and they they want to move in whatever so this went on for about three weeks and the squatters finally left they finally left because i guess the way these bikers were and the way they were behaving um and the squatters had had children they didn't want them a, around those type of people but then again do i want to come home and see squatters in my house and i'm around you so they ended up leaving the people ended up paying this these these people and they left they got their house back. Um, they had to go through the expense of fixing it up. But it's like, damn, you know, do I really have to go through all this just to live in my own house? I can't go on, on vacation, you know? So are people setting themselves up? Are people setting themselves up to have their homes um, uh, taken over? Vinny says, I think while talking to a squatter, if you feel that he is a nice, safe guy, and if he promises that he will get a job and will pay the rent, then he should be allowed to stay. If he is not harming and it is just wanting to stay just because he is homeless, then he should be allowed to stay as tenants until he is paying you until you have other tenants. But Vinny, that's not the, 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 the point. The point is, is that this person moved in illegally. I mean, he moved in to your home. Um, whether the house is empty or or not, the point is is, is that you know um, he broke into your house. He violated your personal space. You know, so I mean, I understand what what, what you're saying, especially if it's an an, an empty house. But again, he broke into your your house so if everybody felt that way then does that mean that every every um home that is vacant then it's like well as long as the person is a nice guy then they should be able to stay and he promises to pay the rent and, and 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 get a job or whatever why do i have to wait for you to get a job and you've broken in, in, into my house so uh welcome scooter and welcome you know, I I'm gonna have to push push back on, on you there, Benny. I I have to I have to to disagree with that. Empty houses are fair game, Scooter. I have to I have to disagree. If if it's my house, and I am paying rent, or I'm sorry, I'm paying mortgage, just because my house is is empty, doesn't mean that you can come and and stay. That is not your your your, your house. <laughs> Scooter says, I, 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 I was being funny. But for people who, um, who do think, and, but, but people do think that they are fair, fair, fair game. You know, um, you know, and, and, you know, and then to, to Vinny's point, it's like, okay, 
if you promise to pay the rent and whatever, okay, but as 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 high as mortgages are now and people are, are like struggling, <laughs> you know, no, no. You know, so um Scooter says, unfortunately, yes, there are people that that feel that way. Uh and then he says, You're right, sorry, my my my, my bad. Um, you know, and you know, but but Vinny, I do think that there are people who feel the way you you do. Um, you know, but uh <laughs> remember Sally has rental property. She she you don't you don't play that. <laughs> You know, but but whether but even if again, even if it's an empty building, let's say it's an empty building because you do have people who just move into an empty building. If I have an empty building, and if and if and I'm not saying an abandoned building, I'm saying if it's empty. If I have a business, whatever, and I moved out, or I just bought a particular um, um, building and what have you. If it's empty, it's still it's still mine. I I still have to pay uh, mortgage on that particular building. Just because it's empty doesn't mean that hey, okay, guys, just just come on in, you know. And Vinny, I'm 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 going to ask you uh, just because of the comments that that, that you made. Um, what about people who come home from vacation or whatever, who the house is not empty? They just moved into your house, <laughs> so. I mean, what do you what do you say say to that? I mean, should I mean, come on. So let's see, uh, mortgage, taxes, insurance, and a whole host of other crap. Absolutely, scooter. Absolutely, get out. That's that's what I say. And um, the squatter is is breaking the law. Yes. Yeah, so this is my my question. Okay, I'm not familiar with this. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. But can these homeowners actually physically move these people out? Can they literally start throwing all their stuff out? Because that's the first thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to start picking up, 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 up your stuff and I'm, and I'm throwing it out. Not throwing it out on my driveway or on my lawn because that's still my property. I'm throwing it out onto the street. You know, I'm throwing it out where this is, you know, this is not my, my, my property. That's where I want to throw it. But then you get physical with with, with, with with the person. They won't leave and you get physical with them and you may get into a fight, whatever, but you're literally manhandling these people to put them out. Is that legal? And Scooter says, unfortunately, you cannot touch the people. <laughs> you know, but yet they've touched all of your stuff. <laughs> you know? Um, and yes, they have. Squatters have. You know, they have been given rights. You know, and um, again, I'm not talking about people who they moved into your place and for whatever reason, they have had a hard time pay, pay, paying the rent. You know, for whatever reason, you know, you all can't work, get out. Sometimes your tenants, your legal tenants move because they can't pay the rent. Sometimes you have to take them to, to court, you know, but um, for a squatter to have to be given rights for your own stuff. So does that mean if I go to the market and I leave my car door un, un, unlocked or even if my car door is locked and I come back? And you're like, well, I don't have a place to live. So I, I, I saw your, your your car and it seems really nice or whatever. So I'm just going to stay in your car and I'm just going to live in your car for the next week or two or three. I mean, can they do that? And, and Scooter, you know, and through the eviction process, you know, depending upon the state you're in, the eviction process could take forever, forever. And I'm like, how are you evicting someone who never, who never, how do you evict someone who never had a lease in, in the first place? That's, that's the problem that, that I'm having. <laughs> exactly, forever. <laughs> oh, Scoot, I'm so looking forward to Saturday. Forever. Uh, so, 
Uh, Crucible, do you have something you want to say? Yeah, this, these, I, I, when I saw this topic, I mean, I, I did a little bit of, um, cause I'm interested in it cause I was in the real estate business for, for a while and I came across a number of people who are having this problem and it just struck me as such an antiquated law that is so outdated in terms of who it favors and who it punishes. And I don't, I'm late here, but I don't know if you covered the origins of squatters rights, how that even started. I, I, I did not. So did you look that up and would you like to go over it? Well, I hadn't look it up, but I remember from a few years ago when I was dealing with it, 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 it really started back in the 1800s during the pioneer days when the country was being settled and people were moving from east to west and without any property boundaries or any property rights or any way to identify who, if anybody, owns the property. At that time, it was mostly the government. Um, they just they just put up stakes they started a farm they started to plant crops they got some animals and they they built lives and it wasn't until decades later when they realized that the government was trying to sell this land that they had to get these people off and that was 150 years ago so that was at a time when you when you couldn't find out who's on title you couldn't find out who owns the property so it was understandable 150 years ago that this would be allowed but fast forward to now and even though i think the eviction process technically and i'm using air quotes here technically can take anywhere from 30 days to five months what usually happens is the tenant have tenants have all kinds of appeal rights as, as you may have found out as a, as a landlord and the laws favor them and they can continue it and continue it and continue it and it can go on for years and i'm just struck by the fact that in 2022, we still allow people who have no legal claim or no legal right to our property. I don't care if you went to the grocery store and you came home and these people are sitting in there. Um, they know what they're doing. They know what the laws are. This is predatory stuff. These are not some people who, who got into a property and you know they didn't have the money to pay for it and they decided, well, we'll just stay here. I believe most of these people know exactly what they're doing. So. I don't know when we're going to get our heads out of our you-know-what and start because there's an old phrase. It's called the tail is wagging the dog. That means something's backwards or something's upside down. And in this particular case, it seems to me the tail is definitely wagging the dog. Okay. All right. Now, Vinny says, you are right. If somebody enters my house after I come home or after I come back from a vacation, even I will be like, just leave my place. I'm sorry for uh, texting that para. Okay, and then I just left this big thing. Um, the phrase squatters' rights. Let me go back to. Oh my, I can't read that. That's too small for my eyes. Okay, the phrase squatter rights pertains to a notion that someone who takes possession or, or who fails to leave a property owned by someone else can eventually claim that property as his own. The concept follows the arrival of homeless people moving into abandoned buildings and setting up shop. If the property owner shows up years later wishing to put his property to use, he may have a difficult road forcing these people, the squatters, to leave. In some states, such, such a situation may lead to adverse um, possession. To explore this concept, considering the following squatters' rights definition. Okay, and I am going to put this there. <laughs> okay. And I put that there and um, a definition, a concept granting to claim real property to an individual who has openly and continuously occupied it without legal permission for a prescribed number of years. Um, and actually, uh, squatters rights uh, dates back to the Roman Empire, where someone who maintained possession of an item or property without legal title. So um but they do say something here about back back in 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 the 80s but um you know if i i still come back to the property is not abandoned okay the property is not abandoned so you know when you say that um if the property owner shows up years later wishing to put his property to use, if I'm paying the mortgage, if I'm paying taxes, I'm putting that property to use because I'm, I am paying for it. It's not abandoned. So that's the problem, you know, that I'm having is that 
is not abandoned property, whether is whether you go on vacation or whether you know you move out, you move into another home, you're getting the place fixed up, you finally got it fixed up, but whatever reason you're busy, whatever, you just haven't gotten around to renting the place out, or you're in the process of renting out the place, you're just looking for the right tenant, whatever. You do not have the right to move into my property. So anybody want to push back on that or think I'm wrong or <laughs> no, I would I would be curious if anybody wants to push back, I would be curious as to what the grounds would be. Um, I know I don't hear anybody and I don't mean any people on the chat or the panel or anything, just people in general in, in society. I, I, they go, they bend over backwards to try to defend the rights of people who don't have them on the grounds that they're marginalized or they can't do any better or something. They never really address legality or rights or anything like that. And so I would be curious if anybody wants to push back on, on what grounds you would be pushing back on, because it seems very black and white to me. Either you own it or you don't. Or you have permission or you don't. Say, say yeah, yeah. permission. That's a, that's another. Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're somebody is, is 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 condoning you living there. That's that's whatever the circumstances are. They've agreed to let you live there. You don't have to own it or be renting it, but they have to agree to let you live there. And if they don't, you're breaking the law. You're, it's called trespassing. You know, it is it is it is trespassing. And then the other thing that 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 gets me, you know, um, and I'm and, and again, I don't want to lump all all squatters into the same category when it comes to how they treat the property when when they're there but if you're going to take over someone else's property how dare you damage it you know how how dare you and if you are going to take over someone's property that are still living there they're just gone for whatever amount of time and and they're personal property is still there. You know, you're moving into my daughter's home, into my daughter's room or my son's room or, you know, my my bedroom, whatever. You know, you're you're going to my refrigerator. You're using my, my things. It's like, how, how, how dare you? And then when I come home, you're telling me that you're not leaving, but I cannot put my hands on you. So, Scooter, I come back to you um, only because you said that you can't put their hands on them, but anybody else, if you all want to chime in, what's the difference between a squatter, you know, you coming home for someone who broke into your home and you can't put, put your hands on them? So does that mean that if I came home and I interrupted someone who was robbing my house, who was who had broken in? specifically you know like 10 minutes prior to, and they were taking stuff out of my house can i put my hands on them then i mean is that possible can i then put my hands on them to to you know make make you know someone who 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 broke in under the technical term of what a what a break-in is can i put my hands hands on them because illegally, say if I'm asleep and someone breaks into my house, um, I have a right to, to shoot them. So wouldn't I have a right to shoot this person who broke into my house? Can you prove they, they, they were stealing? Okay, but can I prove that you broke into my house? Yeah, because you don't live there and I don't know you. You know, and D says squatter indicates that person has been there for a long time illegally. Permission has been implied because you, as the owner, didn't do anything previously to get them out. Okay. Uh, do you have fear for your safety? Yes. 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 If you are breaking into my home or you have broken into my home and I don't know you, yes, I am going to fear for my safety and for my life because I don't know. I, I, I don't know you. I don't know if you're some, some crazy person. I don't know if you have, have a knife or or a gun or or whatever i don't know if you're going to beat me up um and then to what d says permission has been implied because you as the owner didn't do anything previously to get them out okay so d if i'm traveling if i'm traveling and i don't know you have you have broken into my house you know and i've been gone say i say you know you have people who travel for a year at a time six months at a time and I don't know that you're in my house. How am I, how am I going to give you permission if, 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 you know, if 
the intent was not for me to give you permission. The intent is for me to go on vacation and to expect, I should have the expectation that when I come home, my house is the way I left it. Okay, Scooter says, then you have every right to protect yourself and, and your property rights property is in, intangible. Okay, so Scooter, I go back to then, how come when I come home from vacation and these people have been living in my house illegally, how come I cannot put my hands on them? Because I fear for my life. I can, I, I, and, 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 I, and I would. Who the hell are these people in my home? You know, um, you know, yes, I can call the police and, and everything like that. But, you know, I'm also fearing for anything that you have done in, 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 in my home. Did you take anything? I, you know, I'm concerned about other things. Uh, first call is to the authority always as secondary. Okay. So, so, uh, Crucible, since you're up on the panel, I'm going to ask you, what do you say about what I'm saying and what, and, and, and what Scooter's saying? I, I have to come down on your side on this one because I don't, I, I'm still, I'm still perplexed as how how we've allowed people who don't have any rights to, to exert control over the process. That's what I don't understand. And, and Scooter, I think, is agreeing with you. But, I mean, to have to prove that they were stealing or, you know, the, the burden of proof is just so high, it, 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 it's unnecessarily high. You're punishing people who have done all the right things and rewarding people who have done none of the right things. And it, it it gums up the court system. I mean, it just, it creates all kinds of financial burdens for the people who own the property. And I've yet to find a person, an investor or a, a property owner who's gone through an eviction situation that didn't have horrific damage on the inside of the property. So like you said, how dare you? You're, you're living in somebody else's property, even if you're paying rent. You're living in somebody else's property. You have an obligation when you sign that lease um, to take care of that property and then to stop paying the rent and trash the place in the process just boggles my mind. So the, the ripple effects of this kind of policy, these kind of laws are, are myriad and it just is a um, domino effect and it's just so unnecessary. So, um, let's see who popped in. Welcome, Power Girl. I can't, can't remember if I welcome you or not, but welcome. Uh, and welcome, Shy Lady. Um, so, I go back to the, the question that if I go to the market or if I go over someone's house and I spend the night, whatever, and my car is, is, is there, whatever, um, does someone have the right to break into my car and I come back to my car and they're living there? You know, is that the same thing? Can they, you know, do I have the right to, you know, pull them out of, of, of my car? You know, uh, so. What do you think? Cruise I'm going to go back to you again because you are on the panel. I had to take a call real quick. Can you repeat that, please, Solid? I said, what if someone, if you, you know, spent the night over someone's house or you went to the market and you came back and someone had, uh, uh, someone had broken into your car, um, do you have the right to, to get them out? I mean, and when I say broken into your car, I'm like, they're like, they, they, they're homeless and they decided they're just going to live in your car. Your car is not abandoned. You know, you know, I mean, even if your car, let, let's say, you know, you went on vacation and you parked your car in, in, in front of my house, you know, um, because you wanted me to, 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 to look out for it, you know, whatever. But, you know, but somehow somebody has broken into the car. They're like, well, this car has been sitting here for a whole week, whatever. And they, you know, break into your car and they decide you're going to live there. So is that the same thing? I mean, yes. to me, okay, so shit, do I have the right? I mean, yes, you call the police and everything, but do I also have the right to say, to physically touch them, to physically say, get the hell out of my car. Well, that becomes a very slippery slope. I would have to probably answer no to that. I mean, whether you have the rights to it or not, I mean, I, the way I understand the law, and I'm certainly not a lawyer, um, is you can exert your rights for your property and do whatever you need to do to defend that. 
Um, I don't believe it includes any kind of physical altercations. I don't believe it entitles you to put your hands on somebody. And what ends up happening in those kinds of situations, again, when you talk about the situation being flipped, um, let's just say the exact scenario that you described takes place and you put your hands on this person who's moved into your car and they end up suing you. And we've all read the stories, we've all seen the news, you, your jaw drops open and you kind of go, wait a minute, the judge didn't actually rule in that person's face. And they do it time and time again. So what you end up doing with the physical part of it, I think, is you shift the focus and all of a sudden the defendant or the, the perpetrator, um, they suddenly are exerting their rights because, yeah, well, I was in this person's car, but they put their hands on me and I had to go to the hospital, blah, 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 blah. And now all of a sudden you got a lawsuit and the judge says, you know, you, you shouldn't have done that. You, you, you had every right to kick them out of the car, but you didn't put your hands on them. You owe this guy a million dollars. So that, that's a very difficult situation because you're opening a door and you're losing control over a process you don't have much control over to begin with. Okay. All right. But, you know, my whole thing is, okay, I'm laughing when Scooter says she's kicking you out now. Yes, I am. Um, my thing is, how are you kicking somebody out and you can't touch them? <laughs> my, version Fair point. Kicking, my version of kicking you out is literally putting my hands on you and somehow, some way, your behind is getting out. <laughs> Well, the other thing I, I'm curious about, and this is more of a, a um, rhetorical question than any, anything I expect anybody to answer, but you know, it, I, I understand people have difficult situations these days, and, and it's, it, living on the street can't be good, especially in cold weather cities. But if I'm a person who wants to live peaceably, you know, in some kind of harmony where I've got you know, some peace and quiet and some stability in my life, which is really what anybody wants in a living arrangement, that that should be the the baseline. Um, when you're in somebody's property or in somebody's car, I mean, the chaos and the intrusion and the disruption and all of the crap you have to deal with because you're squatting or you're you're somewhere illegally, what kind of quality life that, that can lead to is just beyond me. So I understand necessity dictates what a lot of people do, whether it's legal or not, but to willingly enter into a living arrangement that has to be uber stressful in terms of your quality of life. There's no other alternatives that you can explore. And maybe in some people's cases there aren't, but I think a lot of people's cases, they just don't want to. I like this house. I like where it is. I'm going to take my chances. All right. So I'm going to go back to a little bit of what we were talking about yesterday was with, with, with social media. Do you think that people set themselves up meaning that if they put or advertise on social media that they're going to be gone or they're, you know, whatever, um, uh, you know, they're moving, we just moved out of our house, we moved into another house, um, you know, other, our other house is empty right now, or just, you know, do you think people set themselves up as a target if they let, let it be known that the house is going to be empty, whether it's literally an empty house because they have moved or is empty just because they're not there because they're on vacation or or whatever. Do you think people set themselves up or do you think that you have people who literally watch and see um, uh, if a house is, is empty? Because one thing I have noticed um, where I live, when people put their homes up for sale, you don't see a for, a for, for sale sign anymore. You don't see a for sale sign anymore. It's like, the, the realtor may call you or whatever, say, hey, you know, I know you've been looking for a house, whatever. Um, but there's no for for sale sign. Very rarely do I see for sale signs anymore or do I see for rent signs. But the homeowner manages to get those homes um, rented or sold. So do you think people are setting themselves up or do you think people are just casing the property? Probably a little of both. I mean, one of the oldest ways that people have used to determine if somebody's not living in the property or they're on vacation or something are the old traditional ways that, you know, the grass is not cut, the newspapers are piling up, looks like the mail may be um, up on the porch or something. So there are some obvious ways, but I do believe they case these things. Like I said earlier, I don't believe a lot of these situations are accidental. 
I, I think the great majority of them are intentional. I think they enter into these arrangements or these situations knowing the laws on their side, knowing the appeal process can stretch into a year. They're going to live free for an entire year. And for a lot of people, that's one of the best things that's ever happened to them. So they, they go into these things knowing what they can and can't do. It's kind of like these days, and I, I'm not going to veer off into a criminal uh, justice conversation, but it's kind of the way the laws are written these days when we, and this is, this is just the way it is, um, and I'm not talking about white, black, or Hispanic, anybody below a certain age, you're 18 years old, you can't, they have to let you out, they have to do, and, and so these juveniles, they commit these crimes already knowing that the system is stacked in their favor. So it's the same thing with the squatters. They, they case properties, they research their rights and the laws, and they know exactly what they're doing when they enter into it, and they are prepared to batten down the hatches and be in it for the long haul. Most landlords are blindsided by this kind of thing. They don't have the stomach for it, rightfully so. That's not a criticism. I wouldn't either. And so these people are almost professional thieves. And they're prepared for the duration. If it takes a year, if it takes two years, they ain't going anywhere. So I understand the situation. Somebody falls on hard times or something. They say, give me an extra month. I'll be out of here, I promise. And they'll work with you on something. The people who dig their heels in and say, I'm not going anywhere, you know from the jump it was their intention all along. Okay, but when you say, when you say give me extra month and, they'll, and you work with them, you're talking about your tenant. You're not talking about a squatter. You're talking no, about you're right. a, a, no, you're a tenant. Right. You're right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's so work in the case of a squatter, that wouldn't work. No. Okay. So my next question is, if a squatter, um, I come home from vacation or my house has been em empty for a while. Um, like I said, I'm still paying the taxes, mortgage. I'm still having the grass cut, all that other stuff. And I go over there and these people are living in, in my house. Um, if they leave, they go, they, they go to the store, they go to, to, to the market, they go pick, pick their kid up from, from, from school. I still would not be able to legally lock them out. Correct. I think that's true. Actually, I believe that's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because once they've, and, and it, the laws are different by each state, but from what I understand, they can be, they have to be in there for a certain minimum amount of time. And it's quite a long time. In some states, it can be 10 years. In other states, it can be 20 years, which you'd have to kind of wonder what kind of circumstances would allow somebody to live that way in a property owner, not be able to get them out. But there, there are certain time, a certain time frame that a quote unquote squatter it needs to occupy a property property for those rights to kick in. So I, it varies by state, but um, I, 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 keep, I keep repeating myself. I don't mean to, but the, 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 the thing that bothers me about this law is the, the, the predatory nature of the people involved. We're not talking about people who are struggling. We're talking about people who are professional thieves. I think that's a big difference in the eyes of the law. So why do you think these laws were put in place in, in the first place? And I am um, putting something else in here about the history of squatting. Um, why, do you, why do you think um, these laws were put in place in the, in the first place to um, favor squatters as opposed to the owner or um, you know, the, the property owner, be it, like I said, a business or a, a house? Why do you think those, those uh, laws were put in, the, in place in the first place? Well, I, I, it sounds to me like it was it was a lot of like a lot of laws these days. They they start out well intentioned, but somehow in the writing of it, it 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 gets a little bit misguided. But again, I go back to the when this really started back in the pioneer days, and I, I think what probably happened is this was something that took place very gradually over a period of many decades as the country got settled, and the next thing the government knew. And they, they probably would, didn't have any way of, of supervising any of the stuff or checking up or anything. The next thing the government knew, um, hundreds of miles of property, of, of territory was settled and there were people living on it and there were farms and whatnot. And the process of simply removing them would have been too onerous and too time consuming. So I think they decided we have to, we have to do something in the short run here to, to 
make this more palatable than just kicking people out of their houses willy-nilly all over the country. So I think they put squatters' rights in place because at that point they really didn't have much choice. The deal was already done. The houses were built, the farms were, were, were created, and the households were, were all across the, the western part of the country. So the alternative would have been, okay, everybody out. And what kind of a world, would, what country would we have had at that point? But I think it's like, let's take the divorce laws today. That's another group of laws that need to be seriously reviewed because okay, it's- that's, that, that, that's another show. Uh, okay, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying misguided policy that is, is, is antiquated. Um, I just think that's one of those things that it went on the books. Nobody really made a fuss about it. And they took it on an individual case basis when they have to deal with a squatter or something like that then that they'll handle it that way but any kind of mass eviction that would have needed to take place in order to 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 rectify the squatter situation i just don't think it would have been practical or or feasible so i think it's one of those things that it made sense at the time and nobody ever went back to check to see if it needs to be relooked at okay and i uh, posted in the chat uh in the days of the wild west uh like Cusbo was saying ranch owners could deal with errant squatters by running out in a posse and chasing the squatters off their land obviously a lot has changed since the days of stagecoaches and gold rushes because nearly every state has laws stating a landlord cannot use force or the threat of force to disperse squatters from their property instead they must file the proper paperwork and work through legal channels. The idea of squatting goes back to medieval England and its common law. The king's courts would routinely rule in favor of individuals who occupied a property without permission, providing the owner, providing the owner did not take action against them within a certain statute of limitations. Okay, um, and then it says back in those days, squatters, squatter conflict routinely came into play when peasants seeking escape from the from the tax burden of their current location would move into the country and build a house on the land acquiring the property by assumption a common practice at that time so you know again um i don't care if i'm gone for 10 years or 20 30 40 50 years um, if I'm dead and buried and I willed my land or my home or whatever to my son and he doesn't take possession of it for another 20 years, if I or if my family or state, however you want to put it, if they're still paying taxes on it, whether I'm living there or not, it's mine. How dare you even think about moving in? You can look. But you just keep walk right on walking down down the street. And Shy Lady says the laws are definitely antiquated and need to be amended ASAP. Well, Shy Lady, I don't know how, how fast the ASAP thing is is going to go. Um, so would you guys be in favor then? Because I know some people aren't, with all the homeless people that are out there, and a lot of it is not that they're being lazy or anything, you know, people um are homeless for different reasons you know losing your, your, your job you you know get into medical situations where you know you've been trying to pay medical bills and um you know you're paying that as opposed to paying the mortgage and then you're out and i say that because i used to work with uh uh with bankruptcy uh, attorneys across the country and i have filed a lot a lot a lot a lot of bankruptcies and I see how people got got there. It's not just people charging up a charge card. People really have had some some issues. Um, so um, should those people be allowed, or should space be made if the city has uh, space instead of turning it into a park, um, turning it into a um, uh, a place for homeless people? And I know that some people they don't like that you know uh, i'm not homeless people i know some people in in the community they don't like that they don't want the homeless people there they don't want the homeless housing so would that be better than um uh what do i want to say would that be better than um or i'm sorry would that deter squatters if they knew that they had some place that they could could go 
anybody? Yeah, I think it would. I understand what you're saying. And I, I see the news clips on TV and I, you know, places like, um, you know, San Francisco is always on the news. And I know there are other places that are, that are just as bad, but you know, I, speaking selfishly, would I want a homeless, um, prop uh, a complex or what do you want to call it a, a housing for the homeless it, in my neighborhood on, on paper you know technically probably not but it depends on what it was like and how it was maintained and what, what the people were like i mean anything's better than homeless i mean you, you have to get people off the streets you don't have a society if you're if you're condoning people living on the streets so i've seen some of these shelters i've seen and they are they can blend in very inconspicuously into the neighborhood and a lot of people are shocked i've seen the interviews and and they say well did you know that there was a homeless um shelter or a homeless um property complex something you know right down the street there people are like what no there isn't now yeah it's right down in so they they make them these days so but then what happens typically is a lot of the, um, the homeless people they just aren't they're not domesticated in a lot of ways. They, they, they want to be on the streets. They like that lifestyle. Maybe they don't like it, but it's what they're used to. And they don't have a hard time being acclimated into a housing situation. So it depends on what the nature and the behavior of the people were. But anytime you invite people who are in that segment of society, you're kind of opening the door for potential problems with crime and drug activity and, and, and maybe, you know, theft or things like that. But, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite here and say, I wouldn't have any problem with it. I would be very conditional in terms of how it worked, but I'd have to say, I wouldn't be crazy about it. Well, Crucible, I am going to push, push back on, on, on you some, because there is that, that stigma that homeless people, you know, you know, um, they want to be on the street because there are homeless people that don't want to be on the street. They don't want to be on, on on the street. And when you go into some of these shelters, I mean, I have worked in, in, in shelters before. And, and a lot of them, they have very, very strict, strict rules. You have somewhere um, you can only be there for a certain amount of time. Then you have to leave then you come back. Um, then you have others where you are able to, to stay, but you have to be able to do this. You, you can't do this. You, 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 you can't do that. But people want a roof over their, their head. But yes, there are those people who, um, like Charlene says, many homeless people are mentally ill. They don't want to come off, off the street. They're used to living on their own. They're used to, to, you know, I guess having that freedom. And actually, those are the people who I don't think would be squatters. Those are the people who I don't think would be squatters. The people who I see being squatters and you guys, I mean, I could be totally wrong. The people that I see that are squatters are the people who are looking for a roof over their head. They, they, they want to have that place that they can call home. They want that, that address that they, they want to be able to, if they get mail to mail it to one, two, three main, um, main, main street, you know? So, um, uh, but you're, you're... says, wait, hold on for a second. Uh, okay. Shelly, I've heard homeless people say that the shelters can be just as dangerous as outside. Yes. And I have heard, heard that too. You know, women have to be extremely careful, especially if, if, and, and children, you have to be very, very careful. And Scooter says, I think homelessness actually causes mental illness. And Scooter, I would probably go, yes, I would probably go crazy too. So, Crucible? No, you were right when you were talking about, and, and you know, Shy Lady made a good point too. I, I've seen the interviews on TV the, of the homeless people, and the shelters can be more dangerous. But, but a lot of what what happens with the, with the shelters, um, and and they're they're dangerous because not only can you get physically harmed, but your belongings were stolen and. You know, all you have, you don't have a roof over your head. All you have is what's in your shopping cart or what's in your duffel bag. And somebody takes that. I mean, good, good Lord. But a lot of it is they can't adapt to the structure. Like you said, you've got to be in by a certain time. You've got to be out by a certain time. You've got to, you know, have a certain, um, you know, maybe um, hygiene or whatever the case may be. They, they put some pretty strict rules in place for a reason. You've got to keep order. And f for whatever reason, a lot of these homeless people, mental illness, just being used to being on their own, not liking the, the um, confinement of a structure or something, um, they just can't adapt. Um, but that's a different category. I think we should, we should err on the side of looking at the people who do want to be in those shelters and, 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 and putting them in neighborhoods. I mean, what good does it do to put up a, a homeless shelter in a really, really, really lousy 
area. I'm not saying you put one on, you know, Michigan Avenue, downtown Chicago, but you have to give a the whole point of a roof over somebody has partially is quality of life better than what they have now. And if you're going to put these 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 properties or these places where they can stay in really rundown places where they're going to be with the same element and the same risks and 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 and, and temptations, I don't know that we've solved much. Okay, okay, but at, at the same time, you look at you know Michigan Avenue. You know, it's like does. Do people on the, the Magnificent Mile really want a, a homeless sh shelter there as opposed to someplace else that, you know, it is a, a, a disadvantaged area? You know, and more, more than likely, if you're going to build these, these, these homes or these camps or whatever you want to call them, usually it's from places where the city has set aside a place that the property value, I mean, property value to me anywhere you are is, is I mean, if I had... Uh, if I could, have, if I could buy land in a disadvantaged neighborhood, I would buy it because land is property and land, you know, whatever. But, but you know, you're you're not going to see them putting a homeless encampment in Central Park. You're not going to see them, you know, um, um, you know, uh, putting you know these these places, you know, in in well and well-to-do areas. You're you're just not. They're going to put them. In places where the city can't afford to, you know, um, build to, to 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 build them. But my last question before we before we end the show is, how do you guys feel about you, the taxpayer, if these encampments or homes or whatever were to go up? And I'm not talking on a temporary basis. If they were to go up, these people have to to uh, apply. And they can stay there, say, for 10 years or whatever. Um, but um, how do you feel as a taxpayer paying for this if it got, if it, if it, if it effectively handled the squatter situation? Well, as a taxpayer, I don't like to pay taxes on a lot of things I have to pay for. And it just, it, it, it seems like a very never ending kind of a thing. There's a mm -hmm. tax for this, there's a tax for that. However, um, in the spirit of altruism and just trying generally to improve the world around us, um, compared to a lot of taxes, I mean, I, I don't have any children, but I... 50% of my property taxes go to the public school system. That seems very unfair to me. So the crucible must have gotten a phone call. Okay, he must have gotten the phone call. So I am going to pick up on what he said about, uh, uh, and this is a different show, but I am going to say this. My son was homeschooled, and prior to that, he was in private school. I do not believe I should have had to pay any taxes that went to, to the public school system. So I am feeling him on that one, but that's a different show. <laughs> but you, you, no. you could possibly reduce mental illness. I mean, you, you could do a lot of things with those tax dollars that today are probably being pissed down a rat hole for one program or another. So, yeah, I don't like to pay taxes on anything, but I'm paying taxes on stuff today that I get nothing for. At least that might go to improve somebody's quality of life and maybe improve the neighborhood a little bit okay all right well guys that's it uh that's the show um anybody else want to type anything into the chat before we uh sign off see guys i'm really am trying to stay on topic and i really am trying to keep it to an hour so <laughs> uh shali says crucible i agree that paying taxes for schools that you don't use girl i'm telling you i'm telling you and and we, we we pay some high taxes um or as uh scooter says you are crucible <laughs> you know crucible i have to say because i do think it's funny your name has been mangled so many times on so many shows that i just think that is funny i just think that is funny had I known the challenge when I chose it, I probably might have rethought it. But yes, I've, I've been kind of surprised that the malaprop, the malaprop nature of what people say by name. Anyway, as I, as I said to Scooter, just don't call me Shirley. That's all I care about. Well, um, Shy Lady, thank you for coming. Everyone else, thank you for coming. I hope to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, my topic is... Um, my, my topic for tomorrow is meant to be fun. So 
I'm trying to have a fun show. So if anyone wants, if anybody wants to make it serious, please, please don't. I'm really, my Thursday shows are really meant, meant to be fun. So everyone, Crucible, thank you for popping up. Um, everyone, um, thank you for coming. Power Girl, Crucible, uh, Shy Lady, Minnesota Fam, Frankie was here. Um, D-Mac, uh, I, I know I'm missing some people. Vinny was here. Uh, I said Minnesota family. Uh, so all you all, Frankie, everybody who was here, thank you so much. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>